Hello, this is the Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. The Tribe Lagos is a gospel expression based in the city of Lagos, committed to reaching the next generation with the message of God's love and grace. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. Um, in case you're still wondering what's going on, I'm the one sharing this evening. I'm not introducing somebody. So, are you guys, are you all right with it? Should we go on? All right. How many of us know what we are dealing with this month? Um, the topics we are dealing with this month. Sonship. Sonship and new creation. Sonship, really. How many of us were at the... Uh, tribe Academy, Tribe Institute class that started. Did you enjoy it? Who enjoyed it? Okay, please now shout so that the people who didn't come will feel like they missed something. That's that's what I'm going. That's what I'm getting at. So, all right. So we're going to be dealing with sonship for most of this month. Uh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Um, uh, all I what I want to do today is is to set is to set the basis, the stage for it. I want to define certain paradigms. Uh, paradigms, there's a, there's, I don't know, there's a way I got addicted with the word paradigm uh, in the last couple of months. Uh, but that's because like, there's a way your mind will just shift in a direction and everything will just become different. Right? Thoughts happening. Pastor Freddy told us the other day that uh, feelings happen in frequencies. Who remembers when he said that? When you did the rainbow thing, fear, joy, fulfillment, enlightenment. Wow. I mean, I've not gone church. I've been under the right notes. Which one? Uh, so thoughts also happen in paradigm. For example, if I told, if I told RJ, play an E-flat, right? There is an understanding of the context, right? We know we are talking about music. We are talking about key, right? So RJ, play an E-flat. If I go to the football pitch and I say play an E flat, they will look at me like I'm mad. They used to play, but they don't play E flat there. You understand? They play free kick, they play penalty, but they don't play E flat. Right? So the idea is that knowledge, when it doesn't ra- land on the right paradigm, it will be lost. For example, everything we're going to be talking about this month, you've probably heard in one form, because it's all in the Bible. We are not going to be reading any new book that you've not seen before, it's all in the Bible. But the problem is that when paradigm has not aligned, you can't accept the truth. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, so these are all before I get started. Um, secondly, there are things that you hear now that you've not heard them before. Some things may be strange, maybe too good to be true. Please, I beg you, don't discard them. Don't throw them away. Just shelve them in the things that the Holy Spirit will have to explain to you later in your own words with your own understanding. Um, because some, sometimes the gospel used to be too good to be true. Sometimes, sometimes. Just sometimes they'll just say some things and they'll just look at your face and say, okay, he can't take it now. Let's go. We'll come back to it later. But don't throw these things away. Right? Um, okay. So, at the end of this teaching, eh, if you don't feel like you are still ready to hear more about sonship, eh, don't allow me to go home. Do you understand? Just stop me and let me continue until it sticks for you. Does that work? Yes. 
Don't worry, my wife is not home, so you can keep me here as long as you can. All right. So there are so some of the paradigms I'm trying to set today are so I'm trying to set about four, five paradigms. The first is um, okay. Let's just read an introductory uh, uh, scripture. First John chapter three, verse one. I mean, you can sing that scripture. Um, who knows what it says without opening it? Behold, what manner of love the Father has given unto us. That's what that we should be called the sons of God. Everybody, let's say together. Behold, what manner of love the Father has given unto us. That we may be called sons of God. That we may be called sons of God. That idea of being sons of God is really, I call it the propaganda of Jesus. If you read, if you read the book of Matthew, but when Jesus first started talking in Matthew chapter 5 and 6, he used the word your heavenly father like 12 times. Now, I want you to see the context. Eh? From If you follow Genesis and becoming, becoming all the way down, you will see a people who have engaged with God in a very distant way. God was a deity that they worshipped. He was somebody that they feared, respected, worshipped, but you know, kept a safe distance from make thunder no go scatter person head, <laughs> right? And then one guy shows up and he's just like every other guy that has shown up in the past, every other pastor, every other teacher, every other rabbi. You know, he shows up. In fact, there was even John the Baptist before him that was preaching repent. So there's no, he will not say it again. Um, you know, just like your heavenly father who sends rain on the good and the evil, who is he talking about? Your heavenly father, who? The God that Moses introduced us, that one that we cannot see or touch. But he goes, like if you read Matthew chapter 6 and 7, he says, 5 and 6, he says that 12 times. You know, when you go to pray, close the door, you and your heavenly father. They wonder, who is he? me? <laughs> heavenly father. That's the first time. But I, I understood that as Jesus trying to a propaganda you have a heavenly father God is your heavenly father that is the foundation of sonship so now that is the introduction now the first thing that we need to know about sonship the very 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 first thing is that sonship is in nature the underlying construct <laughs> of the idea that one person is the son of another is that these two people share in nature. If you are not the same nature, you cannot produce each other. One person cannot produce the other. A human being cannot born yam. Except you are from Bini. I don't know how they used to do it. We have heard stories. I'm sorry. We have heard stories. Do you understand? So, the first thing that needs you need to be on when someone says sonship, the first thing that you need to understand is that what this person is saying is that whoever is the ogre and whoever they are calling son share the same nature. It's so in fact, if you don't understand this, we can't proceed. We can't, in fact, the rest of the month we can't proceed. Right? 
So I'm going to read, we're going to read several scriptures and I'm going to need like seven, several people to like help me open different scriptures. Uh, so John chapter three, verse six, uh, someone else, first Peter chapter one, verse four, someone else, first Peter chapter one, verse 23, someone else, first Peter chapter one, uh, sorry, first John chapter five, verse 11, someone else, Colossians chapter three, verse 10, someone else, Ephesians chapter two, verse four. So if you have any of them, just, just let me know so we can just read. First, John chapter 3 verse 6. Um, First Peter chapter 1 verse 4. Who is doing John chapter 1, 3 verse 6? John 3 6. Can someone give her a mic? John 3 6. First Peter 1 4. John 3 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Okay, give That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. First Peter chapter one verse four. Is anyone there? Someone else, first Peter one twenty three. Um and then first John five eleven. First Peter one four. We are reborn in a perfect inheritance that we may never perish, never be defiled, and never diminish. It is promised and preserved forever in the heavenly realm for you. Uh, please, someone should give me King James, I beg. There are old people like that. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. KJV. Um, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, that faded not away, reserved in no, no, heaven no. for you. Is that not particles of the divine nature? Is that first Peter? Is that one four? Check three, please. Um, three. Blessed be the God, our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to His abundance mercy, hence begotten us again unto a lively, lively Sorry, hope. I missed that. Okay. I missed that. Uh, I think it's second Peter, but it's fine. Uh, first Peter one twenty three. Uh, verse 23. 23, being born again. Yes, not of corruptible seed. Please, be using King James for me, please. If you're reading for me, I'm begging you. It's King James I used to prepare my sermon. <laughs> if you scatter it. <laughs> it's kept 2 Peter 1 3. 1 4, yes, exactly. So that that's First Peter one twenty three. Being born, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed, which is word of God. Uh, if you follow this train of thought, First John chapter five verse eleven. Is anybody there? Who are you there? Okay, please can you give her? And this is the testimony and God has given way. us eternal life, Hallelujah. and this life is in His Son. So, so if you follow these trends, you will keep noticing that it's either they are saying that, um, you know, that which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of spirit is spirit, or they are saying that we are partakers of divine nature, or that we say, they are saying that God has given us eternal life, or, or what's, uh, what's your own again? Yes, born of incorruptible seed. Um, Colossians chapter 3 verse 10. 
What does that one say? I've forgotten. Okay, no worries. Um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. Yes, actually, I need somebody. Oh, I need someone to read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. 2, verse 24. Yes. 424, 424. Yes. Okay, so it says, and that ye puts on the new man. So it says, and that ye puts on the new man. Put on the new man. Which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Which is created after God. What he's saying is that the, the new man, eh, the template that they used to make it is God. Do you understand? The template that was used to frame this new man is God. So what he's saying, so you cannot discuss sonship until you establish that this person and this person share the same nature. The nature of this person is the nature in this person. Do you understand? God, what we're trying, God is trying to, we're trying to understand that our journey into God starts from a nature. Starts from a, it doesn't start with you just, oh, that church is fine. And they used to share food. Let me just go and worship with them. And then you start, maybe I'm not a Christian. If I'm feeling from, I will feel Christianity. No, you have received a nature. You have partaken of a nature. You are born now of God. You have the same nose you had before. You had the same two eyes that you had before. You had the same leg, the same mouth. But you are a different being. It is the foundation. It's the foundation of all conversation about sonship. I am born of God. Say after me. I am born of God. I am born of God. I have his nature. I have his nature. Right. It is the it is only the reality of shared nature that validates sonship. If there is no shared nature, so no one can truly be the son of another if they don't have the same nature. If you don't have this person's nature, you cannot claim I cannot burn chair, I cannot burn laptop. I like it, but I can't burn it. Right? I have to burn what looks exactly like me. So if you're born of God, the first thing that you need to understand is that you look, ex- and it's not in the shape of your nose. It's not that, because that argument, okay, is God a man, is God a woman? God is a spirit. You are born of his spirit. You look, his spirit and your spirit are exactly the same thing. You live now as that spirit. That Bible said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The thing that you are now is not what you used to be. So when we are discussing, if you, under, if you don't understand this paradigm, when you are reading like some things in the book of uh, in the epistles, they will just be flying over your head because I don't understand what this man is saying. But when you start to arrange these paradigms, when you start to enter into these paradigms, they will start to make sense. Does anyone understand? Do we all follow? All right. Um, that's the whole. That's the only reason why you can have the Holy Spirit. The only reason you can have the Holy Spirit is that where the Holy Spirit was before, you now look like the place. And so when He comes, eh, He will feel comfortable, eh, because you cannot have. The Bible said, "No man can. You can't have the spirit of something that you cannot contain. I can't have the spirit of a goat." 
I can't have the spirit of a goat. A goat cannot have my spirit. So when the Holy Spirit lives in you, the reason the Holy Spirit can live in you is because now you you have you have the same you the, the furnishing is in, is the same. Do you understand? It feels like home to him. He's comfortable in you because you are home. He can relax, make his if you know the Holy Spirit, you know that he doesn't used to they don't used to he doesn't like nonsense like that, like that. Do you understand? So the reason he can dwell in you is because you look exactly like where he's coming from. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our shared nature is eternal life. Say eternal life. Eternal life. Bible said that John chapter, first John chapter 5. He said, God has given us eternal life. This life is in his son. If you read John chapter 5 verse 12, not first John, John chapter 5 verse 12, he says, as the father had life, sorry, that's John chapter 5 verse 24, as the father had life in himself, so he gave unto the son that he may have life. So what was he saying? There was a life in the father. The father took that life, put in the son. The son put that life, put in us. So we are all sharing. There's a, there's a common life flowing from the father into the new creation. That is that life. Is that life that inside that life? Now all the attributes of God are contained in that life. That's why our like the when when people treat Christianity like you know some kind of moral journey where you are trying to improve your character, they miss it. The idea is that there is a life. From that life, everything flows out. There are attributes. There are nature that are domiciled in that life. That life when you step into the consciousness of it the attributes flow out bible said somewhere that that we we um that uh that this is hebrew chapter 12 i think verse 7 to 9 thereabouts i was talking about like when, how god train, relates with us as sons he said if we endure training he will treat us as mature sons he was and then he said that when we that if when God chastises us, we partake of his holiness. Do you understand what he's saying? People we think holiness is like a moral is a moral structure. It's not a moral structure, it is the outshoots of a life. It's it is something that is it is one of the attributes in his is like a seed. The why is purple leaf the way purple leaf is? It's because if you take a purple seed and plant that purple seed, when the purple seed grows, eh, the leaf we look exactly like the seed from where you brought it from. So, anytime in your life that you are looking at, I'm wondering, how can I change this about myself? Don't worry. Just let that life come out. Love is in that life. Patience is in... I used to have hot temper. Calm down. Wait, let the life germinate. You will have cold temper. You'll be shocked. Do you understand? I don't know. In fact, I don't know. I don't know if I have the brain. No, don't worry. Wisdom is in that life. Wisdom, it's, it's contained in the nature. So we start the conversation of sonship from nature. You have a new nature. Say, I have a new nature. I have my father's nature. I look like my father. I have the seed of God in me. I have the life of the father. I have the exact life of the father. Hallelujah. All right. So uh, the second thing is that sonship... Ah, this is this is well, this is one of my favorite. Sonship is a relationship. Sonship is a family relationship. One of the biggest things that will happen to you in your Christian walk eh, is when you break out of a deity relationship with God and step into a 
fatherly relationship with God. That's one of the greatest things that will happen in your life. The, the, you'll be shocked <laughs> how the entire quality of your life will change. When you break out of, like, there is that thing. You know the way we worship? Your, so your grandfather worshipped Amadioha. You understand? It's like, there are practices by which they worship Amadioha. Your father was also raised in that way, but somewhere around the way, the way God arrested your father in Bini and then, sorry, sorry, it's Bini guys. <laughs> God arrested your father and then, I'm joking, but this is actually my father's story. God arrested him in Bini for some reason. <laughs> and then, now you are born again. And then, so what has happened now is that that place that your great grandfather used to put Amadioha, you people now remove it and now put Jesus there and now keep doing the same thing. You did not, that's not, that's not what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to introduce a family relationship. A family relationship is the only way that anything that you read in the Bible will make sense. See, if you understand that the paradigm that God is bringing us into is a, the paradigm of one, a, 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 a father and his family, not a deity and his worshippers not a god and his followers eh? when you change that thing in your mind eh? your life will there's, an, there, there's something called the liberty of sons of god that thing will flow into your heart all of a sudden you will lose every single impulse to perform for god he's your father now uh, they don't used to perform for father. If I like, I will watch TV, put my chair on the table in my father's house. He's not there. They will not be telling you, don't you have decorum? No, I don't have decorum here. You have decorum outside. Do you understand? Intimacy. Sonship is the foundation of sonship. Is that, that intimacy? That sense of some. So now I'm, t- I'm trying to show you how to feel when you think about sonship. When you, how, you feel intimacy, you feel a belonging, you feel, you, you know how a home feels. You, you know how you are when you are like you are in a family meeting, you guys are just chilling, maybe Christmas dinner or something. You guys are just there, there's your father there. Is that emotional safety, that emotional safety you feel when you are in family, that is the, that is the feeling that should come with sonship. Because that's how God, that's what God wants. Everything that God feels about Jesus is what He feels about you. Everything that if you, I, I was teaching the, the the teens class and I asked them, "Do you think God likes Jesus?" They said yes. Do you th- are you sure He really likes Jesus? They said yes. If you're sure that God really likes Jesus, the same way He likes Jesus is the same way He likes you, because both of you are brothers in one family. He's just your elder brother. If you look at the life of Jesus. If you look at the life of Jesus, one of the things you notice is that he never really thought about God as a deity. Do you get the vibe that Jesus was like? There's a, that's why there's a distinction between the life of Jesus and the life of Moses. Moses was worshipping. Do you understand? Moses was a servant of God. Moses was engaging with God on the basis of a God, somebody up there that is sending me a message and I'm sending these people and it's helping us, all of us, you know, we're all being helped. But Jesus was, even though he was, that's why, that's why people, it's, 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 when you start talking about ministry that people now be saying, oh, he was a prophet. In all his life, he was just a son of God. That's all he came to be. That's all he came to show. That's all he came to do. That's all he came to be. 
a son of God. That's all we are. Primarily, one of my favorite scriptures, one of my favorite scriptures, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. He said, Moses was a faithful servant in his house for the testimony of those things that, you know, um, and so on and so forth. I didn't finish that part because I wasn't interested. But, verse 6, Christ as a son over his own house. It means that the way that God, that Moses related with God, was very different from the way that Christ related with God. Christ related with God as a son. Hallelujah. We are in the house of the son. Say, I'm in the house of the son. He said that's, that's the, that Christ was faithful over his own house as a son. Whose house we are. It means that the way that Christ related with the Father is how we are supposed to relate with the Father. Bible called the church, the church of the firstborn. It means a church where everybody is like the firstborn. The firstborn relates with his father as if is a family relationship. When now, now when you read the Bible and you hear, the, 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 when when you read the Bible and you hear that Christ died, or that God. You know who is having mercy and forgiveness, or that he's releasing an inheritance. You start; it starts to make sense because that's you stop to think about those things as something that a God is doing for his followers, and start to think about it as something that a father is doing for his family. What the, the things that the sacrifices? Do you understand those things that are written in the Bible? They fit the profile of the things that a father would do to his do for his family. They don't. They don't quite follow the things that a God will do for his followers. Shongo does. That's why Shongo cannot do it, or any of those people. They can't die for you. They will just tell you, kill two cows and wait for me. I'm coming. Hallelujah. When one of the things that when you start discussing this as a family, when you start understanding this as a family, one of the things that starts to happen is that you start to feel the overprotectiveness of God as a father. There is a there is a there is a fierceness by which a father guards his son. That fierceness, eh, when you start to think about this as a family, you will start to see it everywhere in the Bible. That's why the Bible said, Okay, who will separate you from the love of God? Let the person come. Say who will bring a thing against the Lord's the Lord's elect? That is God is God is drawing a boundary around you for all of the universe to see that see about these ones nobody should play with me. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Say I'm a son of God. I am born of God. I am born of God. You see, it's in this context that eternal salvation makes sense. How many of us have ever struggled with the idea of eternal salvation? Why? Every day, every two working days. Just renew your subscription of eternal life. Just make sure that the trumpet does not catch you slacking. <laughs> And then someone comes one day and says, don't worry, your sins are forgiven forever. And you're like, hey, hey, oh God, don't play with me. <laughs> Make a no by mistake. <laughs> Just miss this trumpet. <laughs> but do you know why? 
it is in the context of family that it starts to make sense. It starts to make sense that a man would do anything to protect the members of his family. It will start to make sense that he cannot leave you outside. And there's no way that Lasma will carry me, carry me now. And my father will say, don't worry, hold him, hold him, hold him. I'm busy next weekend. Uh, that's why the Bible says, if ye being evil, uh, is that kind of father they used to tell? <laughs> When Jesus said, ye being evil, uh, do you understand? It's in the context of family. It's in the context that these people, there's a, there's a unit of love and emotional safety here. There is a need. Bible said, you are kept by the power of God. Who are you? First Peter chapter, is this second Peter 1 verse 4? Kept by the first Peter one verse one. So Peter one, one of the two. <laughs> Let's check one four. <laughs> it's in one of the two. Kept by the power of God. No, it's five, not four. Sorry. Yeah. I like to do that in our Papa used to do it. I've not reached there. <laughs> Kept by the power of God. Do you understand? There's an you when you, the, everything that God that the Bible listed in the New Testament, eh, there's an energy of overprotectiveness, of jealous protection that can only be explained by the need for someone to protect the members of his family. So when you when it starts to align in your head, you start to understand that when I'm called the son of God, this is what I should feel. I should feel safe. I should feel protected. I should feel I, I should feel no pressure. You see, this is one of the reasons why the Bible said, if you don't accept the kingdom of God as a child, you will not enter it. Because the journey into that kingdom starts from you being a child. You see, being a child means that you <laughs> Being a child means that as you are, eh, you are so vulnerable. They need to carry you. They need to hold you. One of my best examples of that is I like watching Pastor Martin's children. First of all, they are so fine. I, like what? And then they'll just be walking up and down. They'll just be touching anything. Their emotional safety. Emotional nobody. There, there's no requirement for them to do anything other than just be exactly who they are and be loved for who they are. That is how you start the conversation of sonship. I am loved for who I am. I am loved as a son. I am loved right here. All things are, everything here loves me. I am loved. I am safe in my father's love. Hallelujah. That is, that, that is, that is how we start this conversation of sonship. Right? God's paradigm towards you is that you are a beloved son. You are intensely desired. This is one of the things that, you see, when I think of God, eh, my image of God is like, you know, you know all those like grandfathers. Like, they're like they're, they're not really grandfather, like they're like sixty. They just so their daughter just married, they, their first grandson is like three. And but they've retired and they are rich. So they will just sit down on one balcony, just be watching the children play, just happy, just flex in front of them. That's how I used to interpret that Ephesians chapter one, verse three and four. Yes. That you'll be holy and blameless before him in love. That's how he's thinking. Just be there. Just be. Nobody can. T- anybody that come. He broke glass and so. You want me to break it on your head? <laughs> that is how I interpret it. Holy and blameless before. You can do no wrong. See, one of the things that you need to understand about this sonship journey is that you have no past. You have no past. You have no past. You cannot be a new creature and have past. 
if you want to half pass, half pass somewhere else. Just be there. They will send like two angels to be okay. Sorry, 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 sorry. Go, sorry. Oh, if you don't want to, if you want to discuss sonship, eh, you have to understand that here you are fresh, you are brand new, you are stainless. You you have none. You have done no wrong. That's that's innocence. That's innocence of a baby is how God interprets you completely. The trajectory of your life is so different. The trajectory of your life is a baby growing up. It's not an adult that has been, you know, you have done all kind of thing in university. You're not even wondering if God can even help you get a job that will pay you 30,000 naira. Like, that's not, now every day you're going to place Orioke to beg for a miracle. That's not how God thinks about you at all. When you want to discuss sonship, you are starting brand new. That's what, see, that's why many people, eh, they, when they hear this message, even with years of ministry, they will start afresh. They will start, the reason they will start afresh is because they have not really entered the kingdom of God as a child. They will realize that, see, this thing, I've been doing this thing as an adult for many years. And one of the things that happen when you accept the kingdom of child of God as a child eh, is that you are no longer under pressure to perform. Yes. That, that you are no longer under pressure to be, to do. I don't know. I've told if, if a bunch of people this, but when, after I left Paystack, I was trying to figure out what to do. Uh, you know, I always have this paradigm that if you pray, God will tell you what to do. And if you do it, he will bless you. You now be rich in life. That, when I left school, that was my that was my that was my my roadmap. Just find out what God wants to do. Do it. You'll be rich. So every day I'll be praying. One day I went to God. So after I left, I went to God fasting for five days, no food. My sister was cooking. I'll be perceiving it. I will say no, no. I want to know what God is. After the first day, I read Book of Genesis from chapter fifteen to the end. When I finished, God asked me. So what did Isaac do? That's the question immediately. You know, Abraham, his father. Abraham, come out of your father's house. Abraham did. And God blessed him. And so you find out what God's assignment is. He says, okay, so what was Isaac's own? I knew the answer. I cannot lie. I just read it. (laughs) I can't lie. (laughs) He didn't do anything. He He didn't do anything. And the man Isaac prospered and continued to prosper until he was prospered. No work. <laughs> they gave birth to him. They pursued his, his elder brother and their mother. After his mother did small and died, after his mother died, they married a new wife. Those ones gave birth to children. They gave them one, one goat and pursued them. <laughs> Everything here is for this guy. The, the first trust fund baby recorded in history. So God asked me, so what did he do? I said, nothing, sir. And he said, and we, as Isaac, are the children of promise. He was the object of affection. He was just, his own life was just to come out and enjoy what his father has earned. So God asked me, so what are you now trying to be doing? As if that was not enough. He now asked me this question. And this is how I knew it was God, because this one, I've not heard it anywhere. He said, why do people have pets? Uh-huh. That's how I was doing. Why do people have pets? Every day they will buy food. Ezra has like four cats, five cats. Those cats eat more than your salary. I know, I know, I know. Cats, they import their food. They, and they used to, cats used to select food, sir. They don't walk. 
they'll just be there, you touch it, you will snap their picture, put it on Instagram, all of us will like, I want to be Ezra's cat. <laughs> and God asked me, so why do people have that? They just want an ob- something to love. They just want something there to be showing affection. And he asked me, why can I not just do that with you? See, I've not joined tribe that time, so I don't used to know this thing, Pastor Fred. If you know where I was coming from, you know that this thing was a miracle. <laughs> if you know where I'm coming from. He said, can you not just be there? I'll just love you. I'll just be doing stuff for you. I'll just embrace you. Just be, you just be living soft life. I say, I, I can't do it. <laughs> They're not born me, born suffering. <laughs> That's how I took 18 months without working. That's how I did it. That's what God told me. So when you see this, you see that God, that you are the object of his affection. You are his beloved son. You, that, that idea that God has designed a family where, I, I, just see how all of us are hustling. Every day you are looking for opportunity. Many of us can live on 50,000 naira, but no, you want your children to have American passports. That's how you are hustling. How much more the owner of all things? How much more? How much more the owner of all things? So, sonship, one of the things that will happen is I have one of the people that taught me sonship. So, he told God, I'm not doing ministry. God said, Thank God. (laughs) Come outside. (laughs) Come, come, come. Do you understand? Because sometimes you are running around trying to please God who is already pleased with you. You are trying trying to perform for somebody who needs you to do nothing. He the you his all he wants has been achieved in your very existence. He only wanted sons. He has servants. You know what they call innumerable company of angels? Agota Agota, that's what they call it in Hebrew. That every day they are bound down. He he can create a billion, like, just to bow down. He doesn't need you to bow down. It's not that you not bow down. That, that there's love eh, that contains reverence inside. But the way that reverence is expressed is, is in intimacy. It's not in performance. That sometimes, the way that you show somebody that you like them, that you honor them, is just to be around. Hallelujah. So when we are discussing sonship, I want these are the pictures that I want to be at the top of your mind. I am loved by my father. He doesn't want you to perform for him. He doesn't need you to perform. He just wants you to be him. Just be around, enjoy, chop his money, chop his money, chop his money. I was telling Bernard before the service, God used to do money therapy. That poverty has finished to you, just give you some money. Let's just clear your head before we now continue. God, so God, when God, the reason this is the reason I'm staying on this, the reason this is important is because I know that God really cares about this. Jesus entered the house. There were two women. One ran inside the kitchen. The other one sat down at his feet. By the time the one that ran inside the kitchen was frustrated, came out and said, "Okay, why, why are you allowing this person to just sit down? Why is he not joining me in the kitchen?" He said, "One of you chose the one that is important, and that thing will not be taken away from her." Don't just give up the need to perform for God. See, when you mature in so you will work. Don't worry, you will work. It's work you want to work. You want to do ministry. You want to reach the ends of the earth. You will reach. But if you if you don't start from sonship, eh, you will. There's a there's where you will stop. There's where you will stop. I will tell you why you stop there. That's why you see some people. 
I mean, not I have nothing against missionaries. I have nothing against people who are trying to spread the word of God. But it is a way that we have attached something to that perform that act of I'm on the go for Jesus, and you are going inside village. And when you now reach inside that village, Coca-Cola is there before you. That's because when you define the par- the way you serve God from a servant's paradigm rather than a son paradigm, you'll be limited in the things that you can do. You'll be limited in the ideas that you even consider as a way to serve God. Yeah. That see, God has range. I, I can't I don't think I have time. God has range. See, God is when you can't step into sonship, eh, you will you will start allowing yourself to think the way God thinks. God does not think religiously. There's no religion in heaven. There's no everybody's just there, just creation in a perfect state. Everything they're doing for us is to bring us to where creation is in the perfect state. Pray is just so that you can hear what they are saying in the perfect state. It's nothing, there's nothing else. Right? But in that creation, in the perfect state, everything is possible. It's not only two legs that they used to enter inside the village to preach the gospel. Sometimes the way you preach the gospel is that you will look at the product and you do it differently. Bible said, men will see your good work and glorify your father who is in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So do we understand now? <laughs> okay. So sonship has an environment. Who remembers the first one? Sonship is a nature. The second one, sonship is a family relationship. The third one is that sonship has a domain, it has an environment. And they used to call someone son of the soil. Where is the soil that they used to call you? And there's a. <laughs> okay. Do you understand? Sonship has an environment. Oh, please. Do we, oh God, thank God, because I need this projected. This is this. I, I think I think I would. Uh, so please, I want you to. I want someone to read Colossians chapter one verse thirteen, but I want you to project Hebrews chapter twelve verse twenty-two. Colossians chapter one verse thirteen. Yes, 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 yes. I wait now. You to prepare. Hebrews chapter twelve verse twenty-two. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. Um, I can read it. I can just. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, see, one of the things I, when you start to contemplate these things, you realize that eh, this thing so is supposed to be a two-part journey. Delivered us from the power of darkness. But there's a way that we think about it. It's like God delivered us from power of darkness and kept us in a holding area. Uh, inside that holding area now, you are still within the blast radius of the power of darkness. And uh, it's get as it go take do. Satan go reach you. Now my enemies, my enemies, my enemies. If you if you stay there and don't diverge from there, you will go to heaven. Uh, it, do, do you understand? It's like... It, if you if you follow this thing, eh, you can place every song, every message, every teaching under these two paradigms. This message I'm hearing now does it represent somebody who understands that I have been, I have not only been delivered from the kingdom of darkness, I have also been translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. That's the part is the part that many people are waiting that will happen after they die. But the Bible is showing us that it's, it was in one move. 
in one move, you were translated from the kingdom of darkness. That same move, you were, tra- you were delivered from the kingdom of darkness. And you were translated into a new kingdom. Sonship eh, is a journey into that kingdom. Actually, sonship is an orientation in that kingdom. It'd be like a person who first we go America new. Uh, everything is new, and they are now showing you that one. That's the coffee machine. Don't press it; it's hot. They will not be. Do you understand? They will not be doing orientation for you. Uh-huh. So this is this is my perfect picture. This this scripture it starts from I think verse maybe nineteen or so or something. No, 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 seventeen. Where where it was saying, you know, but we are, we have not come onto uh, a mountain that can be touched with hand. Of mouth of blackness and darkness, <laughs> like the way I used to think about it, like if you know that, like who has watched Lion King, like Pride, Pride Land after Scar has taken over, everything just black, <laughs> thunder would just they would just show this thing, they just show thunder, <laughs> like everywhere is just dangerous snares. That but they even ended it with like Moses, Moses, who the habitat of this this thing, he was like, oh more fear, catch me. <laughs> Moses, but then he says, "This is because I want you to go. Please, so please go back to twenty-two now. I want you to see the picture of where you are a son. This is where I am, but you are come onto Mount Zion. Like when I started to read this thing, eh, it, you know all those like movies where they would now like the king has is the king, they elected a new king, you know, and people are rejoicing. They will show bed flying." They will show people wearing white. They will show everybody greeting their neighbor. Hello, good evening. That's how I think about this. It's a different environment from where we have come from. Do you understand? This is this this is the environment where you are a son. You have come onto Mount Zion, city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. The next verse, to the general assembly of the church of the firstborn. I hope I got it. Please don't embarrass man of God. <laughs> to the general, hey, hey, I did try sometimes. So the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, to God the joy of all, the spirit of just men made perfect. The last one. To Jesus, the mediator of new covenant, and the blood of speculator speaks better things of Abel. That is, he's trying to show you an atmosphere. He's trying to paint if you actually you know what? Let me read the first one because I don't think they understand how bad the first one was. Yes, yeah, from 17. No. 18. Please, the next verse. Yeah. For you are not come unto the mountain that might not be touched, that's born with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest. And the sound of trumpet. Okay? What is trumpet doing there? So those of you that are waiting for trumpet to sound. Okay. And the voice of words. And they, the voice that they heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. Please don't tell me again, I beg, I beg, that for they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it would be stoned or thrust with through with a dart. But you are come. Hallelujah. Hi. Can you feel the difference in energy? Can you feel that I am not I am not under pressure anymore? I am not performing. I don't have to like it's not you're not in the pattern where I can't like if you mess up uh, they just step out of lines, but just touch that ark of covenant as you're coming down. They, it will land on your head. They, you are not there. Where you are, there is there is joy, there is light, there is peace. You are in your father's kingdom. 
You are in a different environment. Everybody loves you here. Everybody knows who you are here. You are the father's son here. Love covers you here. Here you are protected. Here you are safe. Emotional safety. Do you understand? One of the things that you would do for yourself, one of the main things that you do for yourself if you really, really, really want to start working in the, in the sonship paradigm is to always see yourself here. See, eh? I don't know the last time I considered myself a Nigerian. I'm not joking. I'm not, I'm not lying to you. I don't know the last time that I came. I'm like, ah, this country is hard. All of us, I don't even know what I would do. Buhari, if they elect him next year, I don't even know. If this thing will be, hey, God, God, help us. God, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know the last time I did that. Because I don't know the last time. Because I had spent a lot of time leaving from here. I have spent a lot of time waking up with the consciousness that this is where I am. One of the way, the first time it happened to me was during the pandemic. When the pandemic started. When everybody like, revelation, it has started. Hey, God, which plague will come next? Blah, 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 blah. I remember Omo, the female. Me, I don't they do faith, faith, faith. But just, by the time you look the number, you know those COVID numbers they used to print every day? It has multiplied, oh, hey, 4,751. Up by 200%. Hey, Jesus. And one day I was reading something, and Bible, God showed me. He said, woe unto the inhabitants of the earth. I understood immediately. Mm. I'm not an inhabitant of the earth. Hi. No, you are of the world, but you are not. You are in the world, but you are not of the world. Yes. Yes. This is your environment. This is where you operate from. This is where you draw resources from. There is a kingdom within you. Oh, there's a kingdom. There's a kingdom. There's a kingdom. That's where you come from. That's where you operate. That, when you sleep and wake up, that's where you wake up from. That's where you wake up from. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Please, one more scripture before we go. Um, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 2. Colossians chapter 3. This, I, this, this particular one I'm about, we're about to show, I actually started as a practice. I started, I, I, I intentionally started. If ye be risen with Christ, seek those things that are above where Christ is seated. Set your affection. What he's saying is like, intentionally be putting your mind they try, they try they, they pay attention to those things which are above do you understand this is where so when they call you a, a son of God eh, and the, you know when Jesus was on earth and he said I'm a son of God and everybody's like which one is wrong with you right it's like madness I still worrying this one but there is a place where that, that statement carries weight. It carries weight in God's spiritual universe. It carries weight in heaven. And when you consistently set your mind in that dimension, eh, it will start to find expression outward. Bible said, Pastor, Pastor, Matt, Pastor Toby taught us about drawing. Remember when he taught us about drawing from one dimension into another dimension? You cannot draw from a dimension that you are not native from. You are native from this dimension. This is uh, everybody go to your house, but this is where you are going. Do you understand? Everybody go to your house, this is where you are going. And I'll be looking for road to Nobi Road. It's not Nobi Road. This is. <laughs> I'm telling some random brass jokes you guys don't understand. <laughs> you are surrounded by friends who love you and recognize your sonship, like Simba in the Pride Land. <laughs> your father is the beloved king here, 
and everybody knows it. When I think about myself in God's kingdom, I see myself in my head. I just see myself just like Pastor Martin's student, just running up and down. Everybody's like, hey, Ike, no, sorry, hold him, don't worry. Hey, what does he want? Oh, Ike, you're so cute. Oh, Ike. You're laughing, you're laughing, be laughing. (laughs) I think I'm joking with you. See, this Bible said, accept it as a child. That's how I start. I am here. I am loved here. I am safe here. I am protected here. Now, this, when you now start to mature, the thing that you now start to do is to look around you to find out how these people do things. Uh, that when you look around you and uh, this thing is hard for everybody, uh, ask these people how they used to do it. Ask, that's what Daniel was doing. He would ask these people, they would tell him. That's what Joseph was doing. That, that's how to do things. How do these people that something is impossible? They don't used to say it here. It doesn't happen here. So if it's hard for you in in Nigeria, look at your native land, your mother, your fatherland. Which one is it now? <laughs> Hallelujah. You are on a journey to adjust to the cultures, norms, and realities of your new environment. Cultivate consciousness of this con- of this dimension. Sonship has an authority. Sonship has an authority. So this is the fourth one. Sonship has an authority. That authority is royalty. There's a way you walk. Have you seen those old movies, like those movies that show like an ancient kingdom and then the the king gives birth to a son. Maybe the king has been waiting for many years and then finally gives birth to a son. And that son can run the the length and breadth of that kingdom anyhow. Nobody can ask him, where are you going? Except you want problem. There is a way that you walk this earth. You walk this earth the way that your father can walks the earth. Because you are being groomed to become like your father. The trajectory of your life now is to move up to your father. That's the trajectory of your life. Is to go from where you are to become exactly Jesus. Jesus' trajectory was from a baby in a manger to the image of the invisible God. That's how his story ended. That's how he has not ended. He's still going. Sorry, sorry. He's still going. He, from, from where he was to the image of the invisible God. Do you understand? That trajectory is important to know that that is what your life is about. So when you walk around, when you are a son of God, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, everybody, let me, let me explain something. Sonship was designed for dominion. Sonship was designed. The idea behind sonship is that and let us make man in our own image and let him have dominion. I don't know how life is doing me. In fact, I don't even know all my body. In fact, hey, Jesus, take the wheel. Sorry, so don't say that. Stop saying that. Stop saying that. You take the wheel. You are a son of God. You are everything in this universe is designed to bow down to you. I was telling, I was talking with someone, one of one of us, that I was explaining to him the 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 program that is running in all of creation is that as soon as they see a son of God, they will comply. Uh, but you see, they they, are, they start with gragra, and uh, that's how they start. So don't be surprised if things start look like they want to be tough for you. Let me tell you something. When Jesus was in the boat. Sleeping in the boat and the waves were throwing. Did you think that those waves they didn't know that if Jesus comes and wakes up? First of all, do you think he, they didn't know he was in the boat? Secondly, do you think that they, they didn't know that if he wakes up and shouts, they will stop? Hey, but they would do that gra first. It doesn't mean anything. 
It doesn't change who you are. As a son of God, it is your own responsibility is to be aware. There is nothing that makes a a a, a, a king as proud as seeing his sons walk in authority. If a king's sons are not walking in authority, they are walking in cowardness, uh, cowardice, and timidity. Um, uh, you sure? Please call the woman. Let's make sure that I'm the one that born this child because he's not walking like me. Hallelujah. You step like your father. You move like your father. You are sure of your place in this. See, eh, when I think of the, of the world, like, you know one of the things I want to do? I, I just I want to be taking holiday in the ocean. I don't know how, to, how it's going. I'm still Googling. I don't know how they used to do it. I just want to, like, enter boats and just be in the ocean for, like, three weeks. And, like, there's something about water that makes me feel like, see, we need to just, we need to, I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it to you. But, but what I'm saying is, like, like feel like feel connected to your father's kingdom feel connected in a way that that makes you comfortable and makes you feel in charge makes you feel like you are everything in this universe is designed to obey you everything everything and let me tell you something when i say everything in the universe is designed to obey you people will not be wondering so is money in the universe it is one two everything that makes money is derived from the universe. There's a Paris teaching that explains this thing that in the way that you cannot point to one thing that people used to make money that does not derive from the universe. In the same way, all of it can be can be subject to you. In fact, not they can be, they are designed to be subject to you. Hallelujah. So never shrink for anything. Walk like a hair. Bible said, if we are sons, then we are hairs and joint hairs. We are hairs of God and joint hairs with Christ. You know what a hair, a hair is? A hair is that everything in the house. You know that back then people used to inherit their father's concubine. That's how powerful hair, like inheritance is. That, that when they say that someone is a hair, is that once this person leaves, now, eh, once this ogre is not in the picture, now, eh, everything that his hand touches everything that he is in charge of just falls directly to someone else that is how powerful this sonship is is that you can command anything in God's created universe visible and invisible in heaven and on earth there is there is a there's an orientation do you understand there's a training you now go and try to shout at Angel Michael they will now say, please come, come. That's not, that's not how they used to talk with Michael. He has been here for a long time. Please don't talk to him like that again. Now tissue. But that's practice of being in dominion. Eh? You have to be doing it. Yes. You have to learn how to talk like that. You have to learn how to walk like that. You have to learn how to think like that. Hallelujah. I'm going to end very quickly with this last one. Sonship is growing to become the father. There's a trajectory to sonship. The movement is from where you are to the image of the invisible God. I said on Sunday that where that the thing, the idea in the mind of God, the picture in the mind of God, eh, is that if they in 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 sometime in eternity, right? If they keep you like this and they keep Jesus and they keep God, nobody can tell who is who. I told them on Sunday about how people the first time that someone confused me for my father. The first time I was in the car, I was in back. My father was in front. One of his friends we stopped stopped the car. He came and started talking to me. Still speaking in our dialect. I was like maybe 16 or 17 at the time. It took a second to realize that this man has made a mistake. 
and then he now, oh no, no, he's in front. He now went to talk to my father in front. That's the that's the picture. The picture is that people can easily confuse you for your father. Hallelujah. That's when you when you grow up, you can be easily confused by your confused as your father. And how can that happen? It happens as you grow to learn, to act, to move, to talk. First of all, remember we said nature. So there are things that will happen by themselves. There are things that will happen just because you are thinking about them. Just because Bible said, Bible said the kingdom of God is like a field where a man sows a seed. He said he sleeps and wake up. He does not know how the seed grows, but he will grow. Do you understand? So there are things that are in the nature that we grow because they are in the nature. There are other things that will take you adjusting the way you think, the way you talk. Please, can you put up um, John chapter 5 verse 19? I think that's the last scripture I'm going to read. Um, I think, I hope I'm correct. John chapter 5 verse 19. That's the last scripture. The the day I saw this. So in my head, one of the things I do in my head is that growing up to look like God, first it took a while to accept the concept. And when I accepted the concept, this scripture helped me to see how it's done. Right? Uh, One of the ways that this scripture plays out in my head is, imagine a child, say a 10-year-old child. His father is a king, but his father is also a warrior. So he will stand and just be watching his father. His father will be doing moves, doing his... He just be beating, you no know, sparring session. Father will be beating everybody, and father, everybody goes him to carry his own stick, uh, sword, and be doing everything that he's seeing the father do. Be doing it, just be doing it. Everybody will be watching him from their high high towers. Everybody will be watching him. One day, he will start moving exactly like his father. Do you understand? That's what Jesus was saying here. Say then, then answer Jesus and said to them. So actually, let's read eighteen first so that uh, there will be context. I think. Um, it doesn't. It's not really necessary. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Okay. It's fine. Making himself equal with God. There's one of these days we we'll talk about this equal with God is insane. Um, verily, very lesson unto you: the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. Do you understand? So when I when I read the scripture, what I see is that when Jesus wakes up in the morning, he's just looking at the father. You know, you say, you say, you know, let's pray, let's fast, all those things. There's a part where you just stand and just watch him. Bible said, as we behold, as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, we are what? Changed into that very image. So what he's saying is that sometimes Jesus, eh, you just stand and be looking at God. Just be, sometimes, you just stand and be looking at God. Just be looking at him. He say, what? For what he sees the Father do, and whatsoever... The son can do nothing but what he sees the father do. For whatsoever he does, the son also does, this also does the son how? Like, that is exactly, so do you understand what I, that was the analogy I gave. There are moves, there are God moves. Please go to the next verse. For the father loves the son and showed him all the things that he does. And he will show him greater things. That, so what Jesus is saying, at this point, at this point, God had not even shown him everything. Which is mind-blowing because if you read the next verse, the next verse, he said, For as the father raises the dead and quickeneth them, even so the son quickeneth whom he will. So at this point, Jesus has learned from the father how to quicken the dead. But he's still saying the father has not, he has not seen everything yet. Do you understand what I'm saying? What I'm saying is that how we become sons, how we grow as sons is to watch your father, is to watch God. One of the pastors, Paré preached a powerful message. He said, he said, you are looking for what your mates are doing. If you want to see what your mates are doing, look at what the Holy Spirit is doing. He is your mate. He lives inside you. He is your housemate. 
is your housemate. Do you understand? Look, I, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I learned this, I started reading the book of Genesis at least once, Genesis chapter 1, at least once every week. When I'm reading it, I'm looking like, but why did he make this decision? Why did he decide to create, say, let there be light before he said, let there be sun? Because light was on the first day, sun was on the fourth day. And why did he set the farmer? I'm studying, what am I doing? As the father, yes, the son does not do anything except what he sees the father do. So one of the ways we become like God is to watch what he's doing. And just believe that you can produce results at that scale. I can produce results at the scale. I've told you guys here before, one day in eternity they will give you sand. Oh yeah, you go and create your own heaven and earth. Why? Because whatsoever the father does, the son can do likewise. The son can do likewise. Sonship is a journey into... Let me tell you, my head, eh, God has retired my head. They've given Jesus everything. All, all judgment has been committed to the son. Yeah, yeah. We want to sign that file. Don't worry, give it to Jesus. All power in heaven and earth, give it to Jesus. Why? The father is just waiting for sons now. It's the era of sons. The kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. Do you understand? The government shall be on his soldier. <laughs> on his shoulder. Do you understand? So now all the administrative work, all the governing, all the judgment, everything is now on the shoulder of the Christ. You are part of the Christ. I hope someone has told you that before because we don't have time to talk about it. You are part of the Christ. Right? So what I'm saying is that for, for us to, this is one of the reasons why you understand grace. This is one of the things that will help you understand grace. The idea of grace uh, is not that all your sins uh, are no longer, they no longer count. Is that the, your, your conversation with God is now on a different level. The conversation is that they are not trying to stop you from doing that thing so that if you stop doing it, they will now, you know, you now go to heaven. No. They are trying to change you into a picture. So, and they are, it doesn't help if you only stop doing certain things and you not you don't get here. Do you understand? The, 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 the idea of love, God's love being patient is that it will take you multiple tries to get here. Do you understand? It will take you, you will do it and fail and do it. As the, imagine that, just imagine this journey. As the father does, he will do. Uh, the son is watching the father. Yeah, well, the first time you come, let's say the father is doing one of those like spinning this thing that you know when they would just put the thing, the thing will now be spinning, you now be touching. The first time you enter there, it will knock all your head. Do you understand? Uh, just if you just think about life in this light, everything in the scripture will make a different kind of sense. It will make sense why God is patient with you. Do you understand? It will make sense why no matter what you do, he can't cast you out. You are his son. You are growing up in the image of him. And one of the things I learned about God is he is very, very, very comfortable with his systems. That thing where like someone will do something and your impulse, your natural impulse is to knock his head and God's impulse is to forgive him. You, eh, if you knock head for 20 years and God forgives for 20 years, the person you are knocking his head will be worse than the person that God is forgiving. Yeah, that is system of training people. Bible said uh, he will sh- in the ages to come. He will show what is the greatness of his kind, uh, his grace by his kindness towards us. That is, he will use us as testimonies. And look at what my kindness. Look at what all my love produced. Look at what all your flogging and frog jump produced. Let us compare. Do you understand? But all of, none of these things will make sense if you don't have a sense of a father. 
if you keep saying we're becoming like the father and you don't even know what the father looks like, you will not feel like, you will feel like, oh, I don't even know. But what does the father look like? The father is kind and merciful, full of compassion. The father is all-powerful. The father is full of love. One of my favorite attributes of God is when, in, somewhere in Exodus when he said he's overflowing with loyal love. You know what it means for God to be loyal to you? God, not that God is looking for loyal followers. No, God himself is loyal to you. God himself is kind to you. God is patient, divinely patient with you. Just before we close, I want us to, I want us to go to this environment. One of the things that God told me in this service, before the service, he said, bring them to me. Bring them to me. So I want you to close your eyes right now. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to picture yourself. Please, can you help me put up back that Hebrews chapter 12, verse 19? I just want you to picture yourself in the presence of your father. I want you to see yourself there. The Lord, gracious and merciful. I want you to feel his protective energy towards you. I want you to feel that love. He desires you. He said, we are holy and blameless before him. When he looks at you, he sees innocence. I want you to feel his affection. <sighs> you are safe here. You are welcome here. This is your family. Everybody here loves you. Here you have no past. You are a son of God. You are a partaker of his divine nature. When he looks at you, he sees himself. He's beaming with joy, just staring at you. One of our sons here, he says he's, he stands in wonder of what he made. You are accepted forever. You are safe forever. You are his forever. The overwhelming energy of his love is everywhere around you. It is healing you right now. You can look at him. You can look at him. You can look at his heart. I want you to feel his joy. I want you to feel his heart. I want you to, f I want you to connect. Connect, connect, connect to that energy. Connect, connect to that love. Connect. He's looking way into the future and he sees himself completely, fully matured, fully manifested in you. But right now, he's just, he's just happy to have you play around. He's just happy to have you flow in his presence. He's just happy to have you. It's, it's okay. Where you are, he's, he's happy. His dream has come true by your very existence. You don't need to impress him anymore. He is impressed that you even exist. That thoughts, desires that were in his hands, in his heart, from before the foundation of the world have come to pass. You are a son of God. It sounded like a moonshot. I can imagine angels laughing the first time he said it. I can imagine people wondering how it will be 
celestial beings but now here you are born of spirit here you are his holy spirit at home in you i want you to feel that love let it overwhelm in your heart let it rise in your heart and let it set you free free from the need to perform free from traumas of the past let it be your therapy let it be a soothing balm all over your soul let it heal the scars of the past that are etched in your biology let the perfect nature of your spirit and his spirit in you washed over your soul right now depression is gone peace <laughs> peace joy in his presence is the fullness of joy where you are right now where your heart is where your mind is connected to is the fullness of joy his wholesome energy is washing over you hallelujah 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 thank you jesus bless his name bless his name put your hands together for jesus hallelujah you can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello@thetribelagos.com follow us on instagram facebook and twitter on the tribe lagos god bless Thank you.